0: Predators take on the Vegas Golden Knights tonight with the man everybody in the NHL is talking about in the lineup, talking about Evgeny Tudonov. Uh, There's going to be a lot of fun people watching this game around the league. Uh, we will talk about it and see what the Preds can do to get a win. Plus, one area of their game, the Predators really need to step up it's been killing them in some of these losses we're going to break that down today on the Locked On Predators podcast.
1: Your Locked On Predators your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators part of the Locked On Podcast Network your team every day.
0: Thank you for making Locked On Predators your first listen of the day. I'm Nick Morgan. I'm a writer and editor at OnTheForecheck.com, and I have a partner in crime who always remembers to turn her paperwork in on time.
1: I do. I'm Anne Kimmel. I'm a writer at OnTheForecheck.com.
0: There is probably going to be a job in the Ottawa Senators front office for you if you if you want it.
1: Yes. Somebody's getting called in to talk to the head guy because one piece of paper that didn't get stapled together and we have a hot mess in the NHL. And honestly, I'm secretly here for watching this.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, you get to hopefully watch the hot mess express tonight because the Vegas Golden Knights play the Nashville Predators. This is the last game of the Nashville Predators West Coast Swing, uh, the Predators, of course, pretty much needing a win mm-hmm. at this point to kind of get momentum back. But it's interesting, and because when you look at the standings and you look at the past couple of games, they might not need it as bad as the Knights need it tonight.
1: Very true. This has been really a rough stretch for the Vegas Golden Knights. The Predators are going into this game seven and three in their last 10. The Vegas Golden Knights are three and seven in their last 10, and they really were performing much better earlier on in the season. But I don't know what's happened, but they have sort of hit the skids here. And Vegas wants to get this turned around and wants a win almost as much as the Nashville Predators do, but they definitely have a lot of uh, dynamics to overcome in the Vegas locker room after this whole trade deadline debacle.
0: Yeah, let's talk about that a little bit, because uh, according to multiple people, uh, including Bob McKenzie, Frank Cervelli, um Dodonoff is expected to play mm-hmm. tonight for the Vegas Golden Knights, um, he is a guy that they're paying a $5 million a year for, and he is actually on the books for one more year after this year. So they are committed to him. Um, but he hasn't performed and that is why he was expendable at the deadline. Obviously it, it didn't happen. Um, we, we know there's a lot of people out there that have pointed out that technically theoretically, um, Buried in kind of the depths of the NHL trade rule book. Uh, they can still trade him. True. They can, te- they can technically still trade him. Um, but the rule is the reason there's a trade deadline is if there's a trade that happens after the deadline, uh, the player who gets traded cannot play the rest of the season. That is something Vegas, uh, their are beat reporters out there that say that the Knights are not going to make mm-hmm. happen So yeah, I mean, if you're Evgeny Dodonov and you just got traded, Mm -hmm. not only that, but in a pretty shady sort of, you know, and and look, the Knights, we know it probably wasn't an intentional thing, but Mm -hmm. the fact that, you know, not only do you get traded, but you get traded to a team, you specifically said in your no movement clause you didn't want to be traded to so now you're frustrated with your bosses for a not checking that to begin with for sure B, you know kind of seeing you as the expendable piece as you rack up all these giant superstars from around the league that's awkward right i mean because because you know you're clearly not part of their future plans But you still have to go and try to help this team get into the postseason.
1: Yeah, this is now, honestly, everybody who is in the hockey world, you understand that these things happen, trades happen. But this feels a little bit like he was a pawn in a really bad chess game. And I, I I would struggle, even knowing this is a business, understanding that these things happen, trades happen this is how it goes down the way this has gone down and the way that he almost has been not used, but the the point of this whole trade uh, just feels a little swarmy to me. Like, I, I would I would struggle with this. Now, I'm sure he's a professional and, you know, you have to put that aside and continue to help your team. But man, way deep down in places people don't talk about at parties, like that's not got to feel so great.
0: Yeah. And, and to the people that say, you know, this is a business, this is the kind of mm-hmm. thing you deal with. Like, yeah, it's a business and I'm sure you understand, but mm-hmm. this was you. Like if you... <laughs> got transferred by your company to a, if you like, okay, let's say this, you have a conversation with like your boss. Um, and you know, you're like, you know what, I'm willing to, you know, maybe be transferred to another branch. Just don't transfer me to the mm-hmm. Tulsa, Oklahoma branch. We don't want, my family doesn't want to live in Tulsa. Uh, I don't like the branch, yada, yada, yada. And then the next day they come back and say, guess what? We're transferring you to the Tulsa, Oklahoma branch. You're going to be like, well, what the hell was that whole thing about? Right. So it it is a business, but it's like the way of doing business. And look, Ottawa screwed up the no movement clause. Mm -hmm. From from every report we've heard from the NHL, that seems to be the case, that Ottawa – Screwed up filing this no movement clause for the league. That doesn't absolve Vegas Mm-mm. of doing their due diligence. A, if you're going to trade somebody, like if, if there's somebody that you're clearly going to move, maybe for cap reasons or something like that, why aren't you talking with like the player, the player's agent? Like, why aren't you being right? Upfront? Um. You know, why aren't you checking to make sure there's nothing in his contract that says why you're like, why are you taking somebody's word for it? Why aren't you reading the actual contract itself? Mm -hmm. Um, And and the other thing for Vegas is you played with fire with the situation all year long and now you finally got burned by it. So yes, well maybe it was Ottawa's fault for the physical clerical error of not putting the no movement clause up there. This is a demon of the Golden Knights own creation.
1: Yes, they are they are reaping what they have sown. And you know This is just a bad look for the league across the board. I agree with what you say there should have been stops and checks along the way and definitely should have started with Ottawa and somebody in Ottawa is having a really uncomfortable day. Ottawa should have known, Vegas should have known, should have done their due diligence. The NHL Central Registry should not have announced this trade without making sure. Like there are so many points along this journey of this trade where something should have, somebody should have paused and verified. And I would have loved to be a fly on the wall when the bomb was dropped. Like who was the guy Who, you know, was, you know, who was the guy who said, oh, hey, I know you've already put this out here, uh, but I'm not going. Like, I would have loved to be there for that conversation, but it's a bad. Who who was the agent?
0: Like, who's his agent? Because I'm sure that was the fun phone call (laughs) he had to make. (laughs)
1: <laughs> Can you imagine like I'm going to pick up the phone now. I'm going to take a minute to gather myself and then I'm going to just blow this whole thing up. It's just a very bad look for the league all I think all the way around not only for not having the proper paperwork and th- this trade. I think kind of it's a bad look the way Vegas has managed their their cap space and their season. Yeah. I I think it's it's a bad look for the NHL and I don't know that the NHL is a league that needs a lot more bad looks.
0: Well, we all know what Vegas was going for, right? They're like, look, you know, Mark Stone is hurt, but don't worry. He might be back for the first round of the playoffs. Alec Martinez mm-hmm. might be back for the first round of the playoffs. And, you know, that that's the whole thing. And then all of a sudden, you know, the playoffs start. Uh, The cap space is, you know, kind of a moot point at that point. And then all of a sudden, oh, wouldn't you know it? Everybody is healthy. Like they've, it's almost as like they've been healthy for weeks. So weird. Yeah, so weird. We know that was what they were going for. We know Tampa did the same thing a couple of years ago, but nobody has abused it to as much as the Vegas Golden Knights have. And the thing is, now you're looking at Mark Stone, who's the best player on your team mm-hmm. you can't bring him off injured reserve because you don't have the cap space. And it's the same thing. Like Alec, Mar- this was probably by all accounts, um, a move to help get Alec Martinez off. Um, yes. His, his cap hit would have kind of filled off what the was. You can't bring him off because you don't have the cap space and you don't have enough people who are waiver exempt, um, or that other teams are going to pick up to s- clear that space. You have no way of clearing that space. So Vegas is kind of this is this is the hand we're going with. They were doing the whole we're gonna get to the playoffs thing, and then boom, everybody's healthy. But now you look at the standings and they're playing bad. Yes, like, old knights are playing bad, and we'll get into a little bit more specifics in just a second, but they need those guys we mentioned that are on long-term injury reserve right now. Yes. Or else they're not going to make the postseason. And if this Vegas Golden Knights team doesn't make the postseason after basically being boom or bust for the past three seasons and bringing in all these guys, mortgaging your future, and basically saying, to borrow a Vegas phrase, going all in, mm-hmm. there is going to be a massive under-the-microscope undertaking in that front office this offseason because this was a team that was set up five years ago for years and years and years of success, and they have basically blown that in a span of two years' worth of moves caused by basically being greedy.
1: Yeah. Well, and I have to wonder, and I'm curious what you think about this, Nick, is this going to be a deterrent? Because like you said, this league has seen Tampa Bay kind of play the system a little bit and they were successful at it. They kind of got away with it. Is this going to be... Um, sort of a warning to other teams? Are we going to see less of this? Or do you think that other teams are going to continue to sort of play the long-term IR cap space situation?
0: Well, I mean, if you can do it, then, you know, (laughs) there's no rule against it. I mean, it's helped the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning twice. Yep. Um, You know, and it's helped them to a certain extent again this year. Um, so, you know, teams are definitely going to try that, but I also think you gotta take a closer look at the oh, long so IR bad. Page, And There's gotta be some sort of rule to be put in place there, um, because it, it's getting ridiculous. And to be fair, those aren't the only two teams uh, that have done something like this, you know, Colorado kind of, sort of. Did, although that's kind of arguing at this point. But, you know, it, it's it's something I think that is going to be addressed. Um, and yeah. we have a lot more to talk about from the Vegas end, uh, including some of the high profile moves they have made are just simply not working out right now the way it's supposed to do. And, you know, hey, this is a Preds podcast, so we do have some Preds stuff we to do. talk about, including kind of a big black hole in the team's lineup, that's been going on for the past couple weeks or so, that the Preds need to address if they want to get into the postseason. Uh, but first, though, want to take a break. Let you guys know today's show is brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. It's that time of year again—college basketball's tournament finally upon us. My bracket, like most people, is busted at this point. But hey, my Michigan Wolverines—you can see right there are still in the hunt and uh yeah if you feel like uh, putting down some money wagering on some of the games you need bet online as because bet online is the number one source for all of your sports betting needs and info they got the latest odds contests and players props Plus, sports scores, podcasts, and news to keep you up to date this season. And, of course, it's not just basketball. They got pretty much every sport you can imagine, including hockey. And they also have live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. So check it out today. Head to their website or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game begins. Yeah. And uh, we're talking about the Preds versus Golden Knights tonight. Uh, That is a nine o'clock central puck drop Mm -hmm. from the beautiful T Mobile Arena on the Vegas Strip. I've been there, it's gorgeous. If you have a chance to go to a game there, check it out. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, from we've talked about the Dodonoff situation and the cap hell and all that. Um, but you know, the the point is the, the downfall for Vegas this year has just been that some of these big swings they're taking with players aren't working out, including Jack Eichel, um, who has not had the impact everybody thought he was going to have playing with a talented Vegas roster.
1: Yeah, this really kind of surprised me because it was a big move by Vegas to and we all remember kind of the drama that surrounded the whole Jack Eichel trade and it really has not panned out and they it was a big move Uh, he just has not had the season that I think they were banking on and I'm not sure that it is recovery from surgery I, I really wonder if it's fit I really wonder if it's who he's surrounded by this is not this has not been what Vegas thought it was going to be. This is very like David David Copperfield, you know, you just sort of made the the good player disappear and in your place is, you know, somebody who's not having a great season. So it's it's not a good time in Vegas and which makes it a great time for Nashville to show up uh, because you know, we we could capitalize on this. but yeah, they really have not, Had the return that they were going to have on somebody like Jack Eichel.
0: Yeah. I mean, you look at him and it's one of those things where he's not playing horribly. Right. Um, Like this year, 11 points in 18 games. Like that's not like, that's not nothing. That's not a horrible number. In fact, he's got four points in his last seven, which is fine. Um, But when, you, when you're looking at a team like Vegas, who's kind of struggling right now and missing some of their other best players like Max Pacioretty and Mark Stone, mm-hmm. you need Jack Eichel to be the Jack Eichel he was in Buffalo, and yeah. that's simply not happening right now. And then you look kind of like some of the usual players uh, for them the past few years, like William Carlson, that is another guy that the Knights committed a lot of time and money to. Um, he is nowhere as close to being the player that we saw in uh, 2018 and, and 2019. Um, he is way off the pace. Riley Smith is another guy who's kind of, you know, not where he was a few years ago, although he's having a pretty decent season. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just kind of all these like big names mm-hmm. for Vegas that just haven't been performing. Um, at the level they should, you know, and another guy speaking of big acquisitions, Alex Petrangelo um, has has been abysmal this year, like the scoring wise fine, but um, defensively, this is this is a guy who's a shell of the player he was in St. Louis.
1: Yeah. And, you know, this is like I said, this is a great time for Nashville to come in, because if you look at Nashville, even though they're coming off of a loss and and we're going to talk about some of the areas where Nashville needs to address some issues, Nashville kind of has the opposite thing going on where we have these big name players who maybe haven't performed like the team had banked on finally producing in a, a really positive way. You have Philip Forsberg, you have Matt Duchene, you have Roman Yossi. So you're seeing kind of the opposite happening with Nashville. So this is kind of a great time for this matchup to happen and uh, see if our big guns can outplay kind of their big guns who maybe are struggling a little bit. This is a great opportunity for. Forsberg, Duchesne, Yossi to have a, a big game. And and they need that after the loss to LA where they really were kind of quiet.
0: Yeah. What what's a key, do you think, Ann, to get the preds kind of back going in the right direction? Um, because I do think well, it wasn't like a like a make or break loss against the Kings. Like one that makes mm-hmm. you think oh, this, this team is tanking, blah, 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 Right? Because, you know, they, they have done very well over their past 10 games. Um, but it is, it was jarring to see um, some of the things we've grown accustomed to seeing from this predators team, like that strong play from the first line. It, it just wasn't there. So what do you think the Preds need to do in this game to kind of turn back the other way?
1: For me, it's coming out and setting the tempo. Sometimes I feel like the Nashville Predators play to the level of their opponent. And and this is a habit they have to break. If you look at their four losses in March, they lost to Philadelphia, they lost to Seattle. You know, these are teams that really there's... No excuse for except I think that they allow other teams to set a tempo, and you can't do that. They have got to come out and play to their level and their ability, and not to the level of their opponent. And this is one of those games where it could be, um, sort of I hate the phrase a trap game, but the Predators could play down to the level of Vegas and wind up losing this game. They've got to come out and set the tone set the pace, get into their style of hockey right away from the start, and hopefully that will circumvent this whole play down to your opponent level. So for me, it's setting the tempo and setting it early. Yeah,
0: well, it's it's not necessarily playing down to Vegas because we know on paper Vegas is a fantastic team. I mean, when you look at how much weapon they have, um, but but I agree, like you want to make sure that you're on your A game against mm-hmm. this team. And I do think you need to be a little bit more consistent with how you play um, against some of these other teams coming up. You know, you you have to treat the Arizona Coyotes and the Philadelphia Flyers like you would the Vegas Golden Knights um, or the or the, you know, Edmonton Oilers, Calgary Flames, Colorado, Dallas, whoever you're playing, you're circling like on the calendar and saying this is absolutely You know, this is going to be a marquee matchup. This is kind of a do or die game. You need that same sort of energy against games like you saw against L.A., where, you know, the the crowd's not into it, really. Um, It's kind of a, a different vibe, even though L.A. is still in the playoff hunt right now but it it didn't have that same vibe as they did like, you know, a couple of weeks ago when the Dallas stars came to Nashville and everybody knew how important that game was. Um, And and that's going to be tricky because you're going to play a lot of games down the stretch that feel like playoff games because Mm -hmm. of where the other team is in the standings right now, it's, you know, those are the kind of games that can maybe determine where the predators are going to be at the end of the year in the playoff picture. Yes. And then you're also going to have kind of random thrown in games, um, you know, against maybe lesser opponents and it's real easy to be like, okay, you know, this is kind of like a, we can relax a little bit like this, right. is like, you know, this is like the easy project at work while we're, you know, tackling this big thing that's going to determine the thing. But you need those points, too. Right. You need those points, too. And that's why I think it's – you're right. The Predators need to kind of play every single game as it's a playoff game, no matter who they're against.
1: Well, and they talk a lot, John Hines talks a lot about you don't get too high, you don't get too low. And I think this team really thrives on kind of the underdog vibe. They like to come in and and they work well and execute well under the pressure of this team is better than us, but we're going to prove that we can play against any, you know, against the best teams in the league. And I feel like this team thrives on sort of that mental avenue. Yeah. Uh, where they struggle is when they face teams like Philadelphia where or Seattle, where you don't have that, we're going to prove ourselves. And it's almost, it's not necessarily overconfidence, but there's just a or different... Relief. Relief
0: almost.
1: Yeah. Because it's like we're not having to
0: play like it's a playoff atmosphere. Like there's not all of this kind of like us against them... Mm -hmm. So uh, backs against the wall mentality is just kind of a, you know, oh, thank you know, this is this is going to be, you know, kind of an easy game. Uh, Right. There's not going to be an angry rival at the end. This isn't a team we're going to see at the end. So, yeah, I think there's a tendency to kind of be like, take a take a deep breath and kind of I don't I don't want to say like half acid, but, you know, there is
1: something. Yeah, there is. A vibe, and you can see the results of it when you look at some of these games that the Predators have lost, and some of the games that the Predators have won against really, really good playoff teams. So there's sort of this mental, um, It's a mental, you know, they say practice makes perfect, but practice makes pattern. And I think they have to practice going into every game with that mindset of we have to prove ourselves because that seems to be where this team is most successful from a mental perspective, which I think then fuels their execution on the ice.
0: Well, speaking of proving themselves, there is one thing that's kind of been like a black hole for me for the Mm -hmm. Nashville Predators over the past little bit. And that is the depth scoring. And it really, it's funny because we we talk about Philip Forsberg and Matthew Shane and Mikhail Granlund and Roman Yossi and all these Mm -hmm. people, (coughs) excuse me, who have been like on an unbelievable scoring pace. And it seems like they're just scoring like two, three times a game and kind of individually taking over. And then you kind of look at some of the other guys on the Preds roster especially the wingers on that second line oh yeah and it's just been like disappointing and it's you know like take about this like luke cunning that was a guy who we thought was going to be kind of a breakthrough player this year mm-hmm. 14 consecutive games now without a point you know that's you look, a problem you look at ellie tolvin and you know we've talked about him this year he had that two goal game uh the other night or which was, which was fun or two point game the other night. Um, but he only has eight points since the start of the new year. So, you know, th- these are two guys that, you know, these aren't just, you know, third, fourth line, random depth guys. Th- these are the guys that you have playing on your second line. Yes. And, and they're not getting it done right now. And that that was, you know, when we talked about, I, I know we jokingly are like bring in Phil Kessel because Who was
1: joking? Who was yeah. joking?
0: <laughs> I, I wasn't. I think like I the wasn't. I was thinking of the great uh hot dog vendors on the street corners here in Nashville who would have had a field day with Phil Kessel in town. Come on. Um, but but you know, going back to that point, yeah, like that was one of the things that the the Predators, I think, missed an opportunity yes. to maybe add some forward depth and boost that second line scoring. Why does it always feel, in like we're talking about the Nashville Predators not being able to get two scoring lines going? It's been a hot topic since the year 2008. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so they, they missed an opportunity there. And the longer Cunnan and Tolvanen go without going on the score sheet, the more that's going to go under the microscope as to, okay, did the Predators miss an opportunity mm-hmm. to make this team right now better?
1: It definitely is concerning, the second line in the scoring, because it's not like John Hines hasn't been doing things to better equip them. He, You know, you can say that Ryan Johansson bumped up to the first line to activate Ryan Johansson. I think just as important was putting Mikael Grandlin with the second line to sort of activate some offensive action there.
0: Especially you know, Ellie Tolvanen, who was great especially.
1: with last right year. Yes. And so it's not like John Hines hasn't been making some moves to help equip that second line for more scoring. It just really hasn't happened. Now, Ellie Tolvin, and I think is doing a lot of things very well, but we do need to have another line. I would also say that third line has kind of cooled off a little bit. I would love to see Yakov Trennan get on the score sheet tonight. They're doing, and again, the third line is doing so many things well that it's very hard to criticize this line because they really are setting the tone for this team and they're executing well consistently. They're pretty mistake free for the most part, but they aren't finding the back of the net. I thought the fourth line, we've seen some growth in that, but that second line really is it's just a little bit too quiet for what the Nashville Predators are going to need down the road. It's, and you're running out of time and you're running out of things to do to help that line generate offense. So it is a little bit of a concern. And I am on the record as I was so not joking about Phil Kessel. <laughs>
0: I mean, I wasn't joking. I was just saying like we're we're like the Phil Kessel bandwagon people now in Nashville.
1: Yeah. And he's not even here yet.
0: Yeah. Oh, you said yet. Are I you, mean, a girl are you hope. predicting something for 2022,
1: 23. Look, I'm here. I did not watch all of these Phil Kessel videos to not stick with it. Like I'm here for some Phil Kessel in Nashville.
0: Yeah. Um, imagine how unbeatable this team would be if they had a second line that could score just as well as that first, like a lot of these other Stanley cup contenders have had over the years, you don't need them to be like the Philip Forsberg, Matt Duchesne pace. But, you know, Im- imagine if you had like 30, 35, 40 points right now from Luke Cunning and Ellie Tolvanen.
1: Gosh. Think yeah.
0: how great. Like this, this team is who beats them. Like yeah. who beats them when they're healthy if they're firing in all cylinders with a truly deadly second line?
1: And I think part of that, you know, we look at the the defensive issues and we look at the injuries on defense and you say, oh my gosh, this is where the Nashville Predators are. This is kind of the hitch in the giddy up. This is where the problem is. If you have a second line that is scoring like a second line in the NHL needs to do, I think defensively you can manage this game, even with injuries and with the roster that you have. I, I don't think it's so, I think the defense can hold its own, but the offense needs to produce more. And it's that, it is that second line that, that we need more from. Yeah.
0: And it's one of those things where if God forbid, Philip Forsberg doesn't resign, Oh, and gosh. the Predators are now kind of back at square one this off season. You look at that, and you look and say, "Why didn't the Predators do more to try to get the most out of this team right now?" Right now, and I think that's kind of a, a weird thing. Every, and I'm not. I don't want to say generational thing.
1: Mm-hmm. I
0: don't want to say generational thing, but it does seem like, you know there's in, in a world of like instant gratification um, there, there's always a romantic view about a rebuild and draft picks and, you know, this and that, and, you know, getting, you know, trade capital and whatnot that I think a lot of people miss you know, I guess I guess what I'm trying to say is just look what the L.A. Rams did in football this year. They had a team that was really, really good. And they said, you know what? We think it's we think we're close enough to go all in right now mm-hmm. that we're that we're going to take that risk. And they mortgage their future. But they sure as hell have a great present.
1: Yes. But do you think Nashville should have gone more all in?
0: Yes. Really? I actually do. I do think they should have gone because I look. I look at the way you have Roman Yossi doing something that no NHL defenseman has done since 1994. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at Philip Forsberg having the best season of his career. Matt Duchesne is on pace for the best season of his career. You have all of these people playing ungodly hockey right now. We haven't even mentioned the fact that UC Soros has taken oh,
1: gosh, a, Yes.
0: UC Soros, who is one of the best goalies in the NHL this year has taken a big step forward this year. I, I think you look at that and there's too many players having career best seasons. And I, I think if, I think if David Poyle had made the right moves, this is a cup winner. I really mm-hmm. do. I think this would have been a team capable of, of winning the Stanley cup um, if he would have just gone in and said, you know what? Like, I, I think, I think we got something here.
1: Interesting. I am not there now. I would agree with you. It, it is difficult to see Yossi and Duchesne and Forsberg having these seasons to see UC Saros playing well and feel like you're uh, not giving this team maybe the best chance <laughs> But I also think this was a competitive rebuild year. And I think David Poyle wants to see exactly what he has. And I think the only way for him to do it is to let this team play this season out and see what he has. And let the moves in the offseason then fill in. Like I feel like so many people feel like this trade deadline was not a success for the Nashville Predators. And I just don't think you can evaluate that yet. And I think that there's still a chance for the team as it is with, you know, definitely there are some things that need to improve. Like we talked about second line scoring, but I think it's very interesting to see what this team as it is, is going to be able to do because that's going to give David Poyle a much better idea of what the next two to three years are going to look like in what is considered a competitive rebuild. Like I'm not sure that if they didn't go all in now, they're missing a window. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Well, what happens if you lose Forsberg? What happens to that window?
1: We are not going to lose Philip Forsberg. Don't even speak I don't, it. I don't, I don't think
0: we are either. I don't think we are either. Yeah. But if we do, like if we do, oh. like for some reason this goes yeah. sideways. I look at this off. I look at this and saying this was a failure. Like everything so, about yeah,
1: it, it's So funny. much it, about everything. So much about the evaluation of this trade deadline and the season hinges on what Philip Forsberg does for sure.
0: Yeah, and and the the thing I would add to that is if Philip Forsberg doesn't resign, but you look and you see the Predators went for it this year, I would have been like, okay, you know what? At least they tried. It would have been like the Columbus Blue Jackets from a couple years ago Hmm. where it's like, you know what? They went for it. Good for them. Yeah. Yeah. So, But that's that's definitely going to be – We'll have to revisit this conversation after the season. For sure. Uh, because you're right. I think the right answer is probably going to be um, based on the context of how this plays out.
1: So we're very, definitely- yeah. Hindsight 2020 for sure.
0: Uh, Preds versus Golden Knights tonight, nine o'clock central puck drop. Uh, we will be back tomorrow with a complete breakdown of that game. You do not want to miss it. Until then, Ann, where can the people find your work?
1: You can find my work at ontheforcheck.com and you can find me on Twitter at Anne K underscore Mama on Ice.
0: You can find my work at ontheforcheck.com. Follow me on Twitter at underscore NS Morgan. Also be sure to give the podcast a follow at L O underscore predators. If you're watching this on YouTube, be sure to like the video, subscribe, and leave a comment. It helps the uh, your fellow Preds fans find this video faster. Also just let us know if there's a, a topic you want us to discuss or if you have any uh, comments or opinions on what we've talked about in any of our shows. We love hearing from you. Uh, it's been fun interacting with a lot of you. So we definitely appreciate that. That's going to do it for us today on the Lockdown Predators podcast. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We'll be back tomorrow with some Preds versus Golden Knights recap. See you, everybody.